Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, and this is edition number 33 of season nine. It is the final edition of this study as we consider Deuteronomy 33 and 34, which will close out uh, season nine. And then I will return on February 19th, 2024. We'll begin a lengthy study a lengthy uh, devotional study of the Heidelberg uh, Catechism. Today we're in Deuteronomy 33 and 34. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. Let's pray first. Father, as we come again to your word, we come to the end of this, this journey through this book of Deuteronomy. We ask that you might rend your blessing upon us for looking at these things, certainly not in great detail, but enough to cause us to... Uh, uh, to think more on uh, about you and the work that you have done and the things that you command and the ways in which you guide and direct us all of our lives. May you bless us, even as Moses blessed Israel here in this chapter, and may you strengthen us for, you, for Christ's sake and for our good, we ask for in his name. Amen. Well, Deuteronomy 33 is, as you note there in your Bible, it is indeed the final blessing on Israel. It comes right after the, uh, the death of Moses being foretold, the place in which he would die on that mountain uh, that was mentioned there in verse 49 of Deuteronomy 32. This blessing is, is interesting. There's, um, there's at least one th- uh, interesting note of this blessing as he blesses the tribes of Israel. What is it? What is interestingly missing, according to one commentator, is that there is no mention of Simeon in the list of tribes. I'm quoting, perhaps because the tribe was going to be dispersed. Now, if you back up to Genesis 49, and this, of course, predates even Moses himself, Deuteronomy 49, it's there towards the end of the life of Joseph himself in Deuteron- uh, Genesis 49 and verse 7, this is the blessing of Jacob. Verse 7, we read, Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Now, this is the words that were given to Simeon. And it's interesting that Moses, in this blessing, he makes no reference whatsoever to Simeon. And so perhaps this is the reason because it will be absorbed by the tribe of uh, Judah. And so, uh, in this blessing, Moses does begin with this precursor in in verse 2. The Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came from the ten thousands of holy ones with flaming fire at his right hand. Yes, he loved his people. All his holy ones were in his hand, so they followed in your steps, receiving direction from you. When Moses commanded us a law as a possession for the assembly of Jacob, thus the Lord became king in Jeshurun when the heads of the people were gathered, all the tribes of Israel together. And then Moses begins to go through these blessings. He begins with Reuben. Let Reuben live and not die, but let his men be few. And then he moves to Judah. Not a lot here given about Judah. But he simply says, Hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him into his people with your hands. Contend for him and be a help against his adversaries. Then he begins in the tribe of Levi. It's it's a a longer blessing. 
and it's not, I think, unsurprising because Moses was indeed of the tribe of Levi, he and his brother Aaron. And, and so that blessing is poured out upon them. And then the tribe of Benjamin and Joseph is mentioned, Zebulun, Gad, Dan, Naphtali, and then Asher. And so I would encourage you to read through it, reflect on this. It's indeed, it's a blessing bestowed upon the people from the man that has faithfully led them uh, for many years, who has engaged in war and battle against the king of Pharaoh, who has led the people out of Israel, out of Egypt, who met with the God of heaven face to face on the mountain, uh, was given the laws of God. He is a, um, a loved, well-loved uh, leader of the people of Israel. And we note that in, in chapter 34 when we read of the death of Moses. Now it is very likely that Joshua penned this final chapter. I'm just going to read the entirety of the chapter. It's not very long. and just make a few comments about it. Deuteronomy 34, Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. Now that is important. That's actually quite significant because it is here that the people are now gathered. Jericho is across the Jordan River. It's going to be the first place in which the people of Israel will conquer after crossing the Jordan. They are right opposite that place. They're on the, the precipice. They're on the, on the very edge of entering into the land of promise. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea, the Negeb, the Negeb in the plain that is in the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. And indeed, it's coming to pass now. They're right on the edge. They're on the dawn of this new period of which they will enter this land of promise that was given so that promise that was given so long ago. I have let your eyes, I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were undimmed, undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. And the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And so they followed uh, Joshua. They committed to doing just as they did to Moses, they did with Joshua. And there's not arisen a prophet since in, in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. And for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This is a sad day, the life of Israel. Moses, arguably, but in my studied opinion, the, the most important figure in the entirety of the Bible, aside from the Lord Jesus Christ, greater than Paul, greater than Abraham, Moses is indeed the man of God who spoke face to face with the God of heaven. This is a sad day in the life of Israel. They mourned for him for 30 days. They held him in, in reverence and awe. 
as the leader of, of God's people, the, um, their leader and a servant and a prophet who spoke the very truth of God uh, to them. And so there will never come another prophet except for the Lord Jesus Christ after him that is as great as this man. Not Joshua, not Isaiah, Jeremiah, as great as these men were, Moses uh, exceeds all of them. And it's a great tribute, isn't it, at the end in which Joshua, the successor of Moses, writes this eulogy uh, for the for the labors, the service that Moses performed for many, many years. He did so faithfully, and it's a good reminder to us that the, the Christian life is, a, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. As one uh, man I heard speaking at a conference once said that, you know, the Christian life is a life of plodding. And we are plodding along one day after another, one foot in front of the other. We are not racing. We are, we are, we are, we are plodding. We are, we are in a marathon. It's a long, long road. And Moses, he walked that road, and he did so with faithfulness. He wasn't sinless. We note that already. He was prevented from entering the promised land because of his sin. But we uh, will indeed enter, not because we are sinless, not because uh, we deserve to enter the promised land, but because we do have the servant of the Lord. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the greater Moses, and he has led us all these years, and he will continue to lead us and guide us, and he will bring us across the Jordan into the promised land. And so let's be reminded, let's be encouraged that as we live the Christian life, like Moses, we too must be faithful servants of the Most High God. There will be ups and downs. There will be trials and tribulations. There will be hardships and difficulties. And there will be joyful times as well. The sun will shine. And the sun sometimes disappears. There will be times in the valley of uh, the shadow of death. And there will be times in which we rest by the streams of water. But whatever case it may be, in whatever situation you find yourself, draw comfort from the fact that God the Holy Spirit does indeed strengthen and help you and guide you and ask you and, and, and cause you to be faithful to Him as you uh, labor on, plodding along, that you might then finally enter your promised rest. Well, I trust these times, this study has been helpful in some, in, in some measure. I know it hasn't been extremely deep. It's difficult to do in a 10-minute devotional and covering entireties, uh, uh, large sections uh, uh, at once. But I trust that some of the things that we have gleaned from this book has helped you in some way and helped you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until February 19th, it's a Monday, um, may the Lord help you. May you stay in his word. May you continue to read his word. Maybe just flip the page and begin reading on the, the labors of Joshua, the successor of Moses. Keep reading. But stay in his word. Meditate upon his truths. Continually pray and ask for the Spirit of God to help you and strengthen you as you walk with him. God bless.